everyone has heard of a Titanic, right? A colossal 882-foot-long passenger liner, which once had over 2,000 on board, now a wreck of a bottom of the ocean due to a big, mean iceberg. This week, we'll talk about a boat switcheroo theory in this Titanic conspiracy. Do you get it? Like, Titanic big, but also it's the name of a boat? Like, it's a joke? Do you, do you get it? And welcome to this week's episode of Cat's Cabinet of Curiosities. I'm Cat, and I'm Tom. And this episode, we're talking about one of my favourite conspiracy theories because one, it's old timey; two, I get to say boat switcheroo; and three, it paints a rich old dude as a truly awful person, which, as we all know, I love. Yeah, you have spent the last couple of episodes just really in a tiz about jeff bezos they've got it coming he's got it coming <laughs> but Does it, he personally every every billionaire anyway let's not go down <laughs> that rabbit hole again <laughs> let's not open with the genocide stuff let's work up to that yeah yeah well why don't we decide in this episode whether we actually think a rich old white dude is to blame for the Titanic because this is a great conspiracy theory. Um, I mean, are, are icebergs white? Are we stretching to that? Actually, it was a black iceberg. So, Tom, watch it. Uh, you watch it. <laughs> I don't like the way you say black. No, it was black icebergs are when they turn over from underwater so they're clear and you can't see them against the water. Oh, yeah. So that's why they crashed into it or not as we're about to find out i'm dun, sure dun, dun. yeah dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so before we get into the conspiracy theory i'm going to go like down the official story of the titanic and the stuff that we need to know for the conspiracy theory to make sense like obviously everyone knows about the titanic it was a big ass boat and it sunk um <laughs> <laughs> big ass boat i believe is on the wikipedia page uh, yeah, actually, it was, and that's why I did all my research. Um, Disambiguation, list of big-ass boats that directs <laughs> you here. <laughs> okay, so it was built in 1912 and sunk in April, four days after it set out from Southampton. It was going to New York. Um, and out of it, about 2,000 people on board, more than 1,500 of them died. So... It was fucking crazy. <laughs> crazy? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're describing it as if it was like a wild night out or something. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened. They just drank too much and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was tagged in pictures of on Facebook the next day of them, like, you know, dying in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> really embarrassing. It's like the beginning of, you know, iZombie, where we're all on a boat and then there's a zombie apocalypse. and. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that I'm, is a good show, by the way, yeah. if people are looking for recommendations. I would love a show that was set on the Titanic, but there was a zombie outbreak, like a zombie outbreak on the Titanic, and that's what caused it to sink. And the whole TV show was set within like the four days that the Titanic left and sank. 
If you listen really carefully now, you can hear a Netflix executive scribbling like, onto the nearest <laughs> napkin. That's, a, that's <laughs> a good TV show idea, I think. It would have to be a sort of ironic, so bad it's good type thing. Oh, you yeah. can do sincere no, Titanic No, no, zombies. no, no, no. It would be like like that film. I've never seen it, but I've heard it. It's like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies or something like that. Oh, yeah. Just take a thing and put zombies in it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there weren't zombies on the real Titanic. There were uh, humans who died. Yeah, so there were three different classes of people. There was first class, which was like the most expensive tickets, obviously. And they were offering like private promenades, which were the most expensive tickets. And they would cost, in today's money, about £87,000, which is about... Bloody hell. A hu- about $112,000. So they're f- expensive as fuck. Yeah. It's like the fire festival of its day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a lot was promised and it was not good. <laughs> Imagine if the film Titanic ended with Jar Rule at the end just wading amongst the survivors. <laughs> being like, this is just false advertising. Please don't drown. Oh, my God. You're so right, yeah. it is the fire Festival of its day. <laughs> that is such a bad take, but I'm going to stay with it. <laughs> so, and then there was second class, who, like, on most ships would be first class passengers, but the tickets were so expensive they had to go second. And it was still pretty cushy. And then there was third class, which was less luxurious, but still, like, you know, all right. Yeah, you're on a boat going transatlantic and... You know, in whatever, in the year that that was, that was quite... Uh, 1912, really. yeah. For 1912, 1912, it was yeah. very, like, cushy. It was nice. Mm. Um, the captain was a 62-year-old Edward John Smith, who, this was his last trip, and not just because he died, but because <laughs> he was retiring. I, this yeah, was, I was going to say, that was uh, that was many people's last trip. <laughs> well, this was but, planned um, to be his last trip as well. Oh, right. Um, God, that's that's ironic or something like that. Yeah, it is. And basically, they received iceberg warnings, but not all of them got to the captain. And we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, so they didn't end up reducing the ship's speed. And the captain just went to bed. And by the time he was woken up, it was pretty much too late. The second officer had like tried to turn the boat but they weren't mm. able to move it enough in time to get it straight out of the way, so they just ended up, like, hitting the iceberg on the side. Right, so and they that... just had to sort of wait for it to happen, really. Yeah, and then there was a hole and water got in. And water's not good in a boat, and yeah, things good, went wrong good from there. Good observation. I know. Have you been doing uh, boat studies as a module at your uni? Yeah, yeah. I know all about boats now just from doing research for this episode. I know that putting a hole in one is not good. And I also know that you can put a new porthole on a boat. You You can put a new porthole on a boat? We'll get to it. Oh, oh! Well, you, look at you leaving breadcrumbs for the, for the later plot. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm JK rolling with this level of foreshadowing. <laughs> and about two hours later, you're going to go back and say, actually, the boat uh, was a was a plane. Or 
So most people on the boat, like, they didn't even realise that it was sinking. And when they crashed, there was only kind of a shudder and lots of people were asleep at the time. And I think this is awful. But when some of the passengers were told, like, you need to get your life belt on, some of them thought it was a joke and started playing football with the chunks of ice left on the deck by the iceberg they'd just crashed into. What the fuck? Yeah. So they thought it was a game or a joke so elaborate that chunks of ice had been brought in and kept at frozen Well, they didn't realise that they'd hit an iceberg. They thought that people... Because they thought that, like, the Titanic wouldn't sink. So they were like, okay, let's put on our... Like, when when the crew came in, right, you need to put on your life jackets. They were like, oh, whatever, man. And just played football. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is not the way you want to go. Yeah. Playing an ironic mock football ice game. I know. Really. They had only 20 lifeboats, which would accommodate about half the number of people on board at the time. Um, and even though the lifeboats were short of space, some of them were sent off not full. Like, they'd just get in, like, women and children, and the boat would be half full, and they'd just send it off because, I don't know, they just wanted to get them out quickly. They, just, and they were hoping just in a rush. Yeah, and they were hoping the boats would go turn round and come back once they'd reached like a rescue boat. Yeah, that seems optimistic. Yeah. Thinking there's gonna be more boats. Yeah. Um so yeah, women and children were called off first, so there was a lot of families who were split up and that caused a big delay as well. Um then it sunk. And everyone who was in the water Pretty much everyone who ended up in the water died because it was fucking cold. Um, yeah. Kind of a tragic event, really. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty lame. It was pretty uh, not ideal yeah. as, a, as an event goes. But because it's old-timey, like, it doesn't feel as um, heart-wrenching. Like, because it happened yeah, such was... a long time ago. Mm, I was talking about this with someone today that um, it seems like once once an event or once a terrible thing becomes old enough, we can joke about it and it's sort of quite funny. Mm. Like Vikings, they raped and pillaged and that's like a funny catchphrase about what Vikings did. But, yeah. you know, both raping and pillaging, pretty bad things. Pirates, they're a costume. They, you know, yeah. kill people. <laughs> I think um, it's kind of like when it's out of living memory. Yeah. Because the Titanic so, was over 100 years ago now, so there's not going to really be anyone who was on board. Maybe there'll be people's parents who were lost, but... Yeah, if you make a Titanic joke, no one's going to sort of pop up and go too soon yeah. at this point. Yeah. Really. <laughs> uh, so, but... Do you think we're like 100 years away from 9-11 cosplay or something oh, horrible like that? Oh, no. Too soon, Tom. I'm not saying we should. I'm saying it might happen and we should come to terms with that now. I reckon we'll be dead before it's acceptable to make 9-11 jokes. (laughs) So climate change has had some positive aspects. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to quickly talk about the RMS Olympic, which is Titanic's sister ship. Um. I don't know if you knew this, but Titanic had an identical sister ship, well, almost identical sister ship called the Olympic. And they were actually built from exactly the same plans. So they were built and planned at the same time and the two were nearly identical. 
Um, but some alterations were made while building them that meant that you could tell them apart slightly. Like they wore a different T-shirt or, or what? Well, I've got... Okay. I've got a list of some things. So there's obviously, like, cosmetic differences, like inside the boat, the carpeting, branding. Um, the dock numbers on each component of the boat were different. Um, the most noticeable one to tell them apart, um, like, from photos, is that the forward half of Titanic's, like, promenade deck, the second one, had this steel screen with windows on it, but Olympics was open. So I'll send you a photo, Tom, and tell me if you can see what I'm talking about, because it's quite difficult to spot if you don't know what you're looking for. Yeah, I've got to be honest, those details did sound um, specific and boring. Yeah, so... they are specific and boring. <laughs> that's um, that's what my... Uh what my cv says about me <laughs> so if you go online and search just olympic and titanic side by side you'll get some images but essentially if you look at the two boats the promenade is kind of like under so there's four big like funnel things i don't know what they're called uh, uh, chimneys i believe you mean yeah chimneys and like <laughs> funnel things, <laughs> there's two <laughs> floors you can see, which are kind of like in the old photos, just like two black lines. Tom, I don't know if you yeah. can see, but on Titanic, at the front bit of the black line, the one at the top, it's got like a white bit with windows. Uh, yeah. And I then it's I not there on the Olympic. The Olympic's just open. Yeah, no. Run that by me again. So, if you look at, say, look at the second chimney from the left. Second chimney from the left, yeah. Just go down and look at the black bit under it on the Olympic. So there's a black yeah. strip. Ah. I see, and see? on the Titanic, it's interrupted and becomes a white strip. Yeah, and that's the right. biggest difference between them from the outside. That is not a huge difference, it's not to be a, quite honest. It's not a huge difference. And the fact that I had to really point it out to you, I think should make it clear to our audience that it's not a huge difference at all, just looking at photos and stuff. Yeah, and I think if the audience really want the point hammered home that these two look the same for whatever nonsense you're about to lead up into, <laughs> um, we are. We'll post this on the Facebook and Twitter pages. Yeah, yeah, I guess. we'll post it on the Facebook and Twitter. It will be posted. So, what's the nonsense? What are you about to, to throw at me? Basically, there was a boat switcheroo. <laughs> a boat switcheroo. Yeah. I mean, switcheroo does sound like a fairly nautical term. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, it does. And that is what happened. So. <laughs> and, okay, that's what happened. Cool. <laughs> next, next sentence, please. I'm, I'm finished with that one. In 1911, about a year before the Titanic sunk, the Olympic had an accident and collided with another ship. And it had some pretty bad damage. And... The blame was legally given to the Olympic, meaning that the owner, which was White Star, which was owned by J.P. Morgan, who was this like rich banker guy, 
he had mm. to pay a lot of money to repair a ship because insurance wouldn't pay because it was their fault. Um, yeah. It took two weeks to patch up and like just to patch it up to get it back to Belfast for proper repairs. And the propeller on the Olympic was damaged. So the two and like the Olympic and the Titanic were so similar that they just took the Titanic's propeller, put it on the Olympic so the Olympic could go out again because the Titanic like hadn't yet had its maiden voyage. And it meant that it yeah. actually delayed the Titanic's maiden voyage. So it meant what? Sorry, say that last it, bit again. It delayed the Titanic's maiden voyage. Right. So they were supposed to set off a couple of weeks earlier, but they set off later because they'd replaced a load of, well, not a load of, but some of Olympic's parts with Titanic's parts. So that's just kind of to emphasise, mm. one, that the Olympic was very damaged, and two, that they were so similar that they could interchange parts. Y- yeah. That's a, that's a real, like, sliding door situation of a sort of, ah, oh, what if that boat hadn't crashed? Would parts have been swapped? Would it have not crashed because it was at a different time where the iceberg was? That's one of those times in history. If I can go on another tangent that someone told me the other day. Mm-hmm. You know Archduke Ferdinand who got assassinated and that caused the First World War and then basically the Second World yeah, War yeah. and then basically everything terrible that's happened. Yeah, The assassination was botched and the guy ran away and went, to a pub with his rebel friends to sort of commiserate on how they'd got the assassination wrong. They came out of the pub after and the Archduke's car had taken a wrong turn and went straight down that road and was sat outside the pub and then they assassinated him there just on a whim because he happened to be there. Insanity. I know. And I was saying, like, imagine if you were the man who'd made that wrong turning like, there's wrong turnings, and then there's wrong turnings that cause just millions of people to die. Yeah. And it's like, that's... It's just one of those historical times of, like, you fucked up, mate. Yeah. Well, I don't think we can blame Franz Ferdinand for Hitler. Well, I'm not saying blame, but I'm <laughs> saying, like... <laughs> I'm just saying, if his driver had had a sat-nav, yeah. right, the world would be a lot different. <laughs> So it was really just a really long Tom Tom advert that got out of hand. Yeah, is what it was. <laughs> I, I don't. I think they should use that in their advertising material. Yeah, yeah, they should. <laughs> <laughs> just a picture of Hitler, a question mark, and then Tom Tom written yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> so, so the parts were swapped. Sorry. Yeah. So the theory is that the Olympic was just a money pit. Like, they were paying a lot to repair it, and because all the accidents were the Olympics' fault, the owners couldn't claim it on insurance and had to pay out of pocket. So the theory is, instead of doing this, they decided to switch the Olympic and the Titanic over. So the damaged Olympic was actually the boat that crashed. But because everyone thought it was the Titanic and it was an accident, they could claim insurance on the Titanic, and they'd have got rid of it of the like money pit boat the olympic right but wouldn't there need to be some record of an accident happening to titanic the iceberg oh so oh wait so the theory is that that was the accident yeah the theory is that they purposely crashed the boat in the titanic into the iceberg because it wasn't really the titanic it was the olympic 
which was always... Surely if it was the Olympic and if, if it was that badly damaged, it wouldn't have got three quarters across across the ocean. Okay, well, you came up with the first hole in the theory, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and as we know, from boat science, holes are bad. <laughs> holes are bad. But <laughs> boats can make it some of a way and still sink because it was still floating. Like, you know, earlier I said that they patched up the boat and it went back to Belfast for proper repairs. Yeah. So it could still like move and do its job. It just wasn't going to last very long and was going to get into more trouble down the line. So right. they'd kind of done a half-assed repair. The idea is they did like a half-assed repair on it so that it would make it some of a way. They crashed it because it's like if your car has failed its MOT, like your parents' car has failed its MOT. Yeah. It did quite badly. They did get a new one. Yeah, but until the MOT runs out. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't know if boat MOT works the same way necessarily. Yeah, but it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> I don't I don't think you can just take two different things and go, uh, they're the same. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is the boat was not seaworthy, but it still could have made some of the journey. Right, I will concede that point. Okay. That it could have gone some other way. Yeah. So we're going to go through the evidence for the switcheroo and just address each point one by one and sort of debunk or agree with the evidence as we go because there's quite a lot. And then at the end, we'll go back through and summarise like what evidence hasn't been debunked. Okay. Sounds, if that makes sense. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm cracking my intellectual knuckles as we speak. Cool. So the first and the most important bit is this whole insurance fraud thing. So the claim is that the Titanic's insurance was increased five days before setting off to $12.5 million, which would be $160 million today. And that was way That's... more than they could have got by selling or scrapping the Olympic. Yeah, so so that's the claim, or did that actually happen? Well, there's no evidence for the increase in insurance, so I think there's been a bit of a misunderstanding, because the insurance company did pay out $12.5 million, but it didn't all go to White Star, like the passengers and the loved ones of the dead passengers got the money, some of the money. Yeah. So people are saying that, the insurance company paid out $12 million, so they thought the boat must be insured for $12 million. But the boat was, in fact, only insured for $5 million, and the rest of it went to passengers and family and stuff who were also suing. Right. Yeah, it, I mean, can you imagine being the insurance company who insures the Titanic uh, and then one of the greatest disasters in history happens? Yeah. Do you think that would be a, a, a meeting? I I think they'd be like, who decided to do this? Like, what? Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of uh, washing of hands and going, well, I, I always said boats were bad yeah. and that kind of thing. <laughs> so the Titanic was insured for $5 million, but it was worth $7.5 so it was actually underinsured. And in the official story... The damage to the Olympic 
didn't exceed $125,000. So it just wouldn't make sense to lose two and a half million for what 125,000 like wouldn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, the numbers the numbers don't add up there. Yeah. And presumably if this this dude JP Morgan who got the boats is that rich, he would sort of uh he would almost consider that chump change yeah. compared to... I know you said it's a money pit, mm. but it's not like a couple of hundred thousand he's going to be sweating and thinking about his orphans at home who he's going to have to feed yeah. gold. There is suspicion that they didn't let on for how badly damaged the Olympic actually was. So they claimed that like it only had 125,000 worth of damage, but it actually had a lot more. Because the claim is that... like it was only really superficial holes on the outside. But there appear to be photos where it looks much more damaged, where the holes seem deeper and it could have, like, affected the inside workings of the boat and stuff, which would have been a lot more. So they could have just lied about how much it was going to cost to repair. And a lot of people thought that, because the Olympic had got into two accidents in the year since it had been sailing, some people thought that it was cursed. So maybe if it was cursed, or if the people who owned it believed it was cursed, they might just sink it because they think they're going to pay more money in the future. There's a lot to unpack there. I didn't realise we were bringing curses into I know. this episode. <laughs> He's a curse boat. <laughs> I was just, you know, getting my sea legs and then bam, your, your curses is, is, is happening. Well, you don't have to believe a boat is cursed, but if no. they believe well, a I boat don't. is cursed, then that's enough for them to want to sink it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but if you think the boat is cursed... They would have to think that the curse was so bad that they were going to have to sacrifice like 2,000 lives in order to appease the boat god. Ah, well, the idea was apparently in the plan, they, in the original plan, this like conspiracy claims that everyone was going to survive and there were boats nearby who was going to come and pick up people. But when the actual iceberg crash happened, there was like some bad communication or something went wrong because there were six boats in the area. But they didn't respond to the distress signals for a long time for some reason. And it seemed like the conspiracy claims that like there was like a miscommunication about when they were supposed to come. And so or the flares went up wrong is another thing I've seen where red, (laughs) like they were supposed to send up red and white flares for come and help me, but they only sent up red flares. So the boats were just like, only red flares. I'm not coming. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that they've, they've like scheduled for these six boats to be in this general area. And then they get a distress call, but it's sort of a bit garbled and they're like, Nah, that's not it. And then a red <laughs> flare goes up and they're like, well, it was red and white really, wasn't it? And yeah. then presumably they can hear some sort of distress or screaming or something and they're like, Well, I dunno, we haven't we haven't had the all clear that this is the <laughs> this might be a different unsinkable boat and people drowning. Well the thought you know. is that there was kind of like well, from what I can see there's kind of two schools of thought. And one is that it was supposed to crash into the iceberg or it was supposed to just crash 
into something and then these ships were kind of flanking it and following it and they'd come and pick people up. The other thought is it was supposed to crash into another boat, but there was an accident where they actually did crash into the iceberg by accident. (laughs) And the other boat that they were supposed to crash into was just like, they haven't crashed into me and they were sending out distress signals and the other boats were like, you haven't crashed into that boat yet. We're waiting for you to crash into the boat. <laughs> Tapping their watches. And yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, that's, and that would be very confusing. Like if you'd been told, wait until we crash into the boat, then come save us. And then they were sending out distress signals saying that they'd crashed, but they hadn't. And you were just like, no, you haven't crashed. No, what? <laughs> this wasn't part of the plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what this you know what this theory is? This mm. is a repeat of the um of the double theory from the moon episode of like yeah, the moon is real, but there's also a fake moon in front of it. <laughs> yeah. The idea of going like, oh yeah, obviously they accidentally crashed into an iceberg, but it was also set up to be a different kind of accident. It's like it's not that complicated. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you what are you doing it would be kind of crazy if it was set up to be an accident and then they actually had an accident like <laughs> <laughs> that would be a real like oh boy yeah. moment. Uh, i feel like you're already very anti this theory and this is one of my favorite theories and i want you to kind of get on board a little bit so i'm gonna present i think some fairly compelling evidence which is yeah, shoot both the olympic and the titanic had the same list and a list is basically like a limp, but for a boat, where like it's Aww. sort of angles to one side. So do well, you... it doesn't make you any less of a man. Is no, or any less of a boat. <laughs> yeah. So due to the damage that the Olympic had, it was permanently at a bit of an angle, and you could see that in photos and stuff. And the same list was seen in the Titanic when it was leaving Southampton. Right. And there's no explanation, really. Uh, Steering? Huh? What if he's steering the boat to one side? No, but it was, it it wasn't, it was like lent to one side. Oh, so it was going straight, but leaning, but leaning. Yeah, yeah, in the water. Mm, Okay. like, Like the deck wouldn't have been straight, it would have been slightly angled. Uh, was this measured? No, it was seen in it's seen in photographs. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Mhm. It's still. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Well, I've this, got this more is evidence. A fragment of a point. So. Oh, okay. More evidence. Right. The two boats were almost identical, and the switch wouldn't take very long. So that's kind of the claim, and it's kind of difficult to discern the real truth on this because a lot of the evidence that people point to of the two boats being the same is things like in photographs there's these minute differences like one I showed you and like the number of portholes is different on some of them is the claim but photo it, it just it's very confusing because um in like promotional material photos of the two boats were often 
like mislabeled. So if they wanted to advertise the Olympic, but it was out on a trip, they'd just take a photo of Titanic and use that and say it was the Olympic. So there's loads of photos out there that say Titanic when it's actually the Olympic or say Olympic when it's actually the Titanic. Right. So there's a sort of vagueness as to, um, you know, the veracity of photos that are labelled as. Yeah. So if you can't see the promenade deck, which I pointed out to you, it's pretty much impossible to tell which boat is which. And so the photos... If, if it doesn't have that bit in it, like they, they can be labelled wrong. And then people point at things being like, look, after the Titanic crash, the Olympic had this feature, which means it was actually the Titanic. But maybe the original photo was the Titanic. So it's very confusing. And it's true that they did look superficially, like very, very similar. But there are some differences that would make it kind of difficult to change over. Like, they did have slightly different layouts inside. And, like, the furniture had the ship's names on it. So all the furniture would need to be swapped around and the plates and all the stuff with, like, the Titanic or the Olympic branding on it would need to be switched around. I feel like that would be fairly easy to notice a covert switching of ships in the middle of the night. If they have to gut all the furniture and you've got, you know, removals men all Well, the idea is it's done, like, they're in like boat houses like what's the house for a boat boat? (laughs) you know a a boat barn yeah boat barn like barns where boats are yeah a sea a sea shed a sheet yeah uh, an ocean stable yeah like yeah yeah. a a pond house exactly so they were in their pond house their ocean stable and a wave cottage yeah (laughs) yeah i can keep going if you want (laughs) please don't and <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. and they hired like a small crew of people to do it over three days or so i'll keep listing things that were different about it iron gates on yeah. the elevators their names were engraved into the boat it wasn't just like a wooden sign like they were engraved in so you'd need to somehow unengrave it or something <laughs> I don't think wood engraving is even a trade. Yeah, I think you could just put like some Play-Doh in there and then engrave it in a slightly different place. <laughs> My, Play-Doh might be noticed, yeah. I, I feel. <laughs> yeah, there were different colour schemes and decor, etc, etc, etc. And there were different manufacturer numbers on each of the boat's parts. So the effort of switching them would be quite a lot. But I'm I'm not convinced it would be impossible to do. Presumably we have testimony from one or two of the survivors to say that the boat they got on had Titanic written all over the goddamn place. Oh, yeah, so... yeah, yeah. But the idea is that, like, that was all switched in the night. All of it. Well, every, everything. Everything with the branding on it was switched. That seems needlessly complicated. Well, the carpets on the Titanic were changed shortly before the trip to make it look like the Olympic. Well, not with... They were changed, and they were changed to be carpets that look more like the Olympic. And that's a fact, but it might not necessarily be because of a switcheroo. Yeah. Uh, 
it's just it's just stuff like the engraving and stuff like the branding that I just feel like something would have been missed and someone would have noticed. Like it's a huge ship. Yeah, it, it is a huge ship. Maybe I just I feel like I feel like I could do it though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you gave me a solid weekend, I could do it. The important part of boat switching is self-belief. I know. That's like rule one. <laughs> like <laughs> It's a real self-esteem test. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's just me being like, yeah, I could switch two boats, but I reckon I could get all the plates out and all the furniture out and switch them around. On on every single floor of this massive boat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, big talk from <laughs> boat emot switch face over here. Yeah, well... I think it's true. I think I could do it. <laughs> okay. So, so far in our pro and against column, we've got various things, including pro, I reckon I could do it. Yeah. What else What else do we have to weigh up? Okay. So, I said I'd talk about the portholes, but I'm not going to go into too much porthole detail because it's just, it's debated so much online and it's just bullshit. So the claim is that the Titanic had 16 portholes in like this one place and Titanic had 14, which is true before the refit of the Olympic after. So when the Titanic sank, about a year later, the Olympic had this huge refit and it it was made to look a lot more like the Titanic. And at that point, it was given 16 holes. But people are then pointing at it and saying, look at this photo of the Olympic after the Titanic sunk. It's got 16 holes. It must be the Titanic. But Oh, I see. Like, yeah. There's just a lot of confusion about the portholes. Yeah. Also, can we go back to the fact that um, after the Titanic sank, they wanted to make the Olympic look more like yeah, the Titanic. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> as far as marketing moves go, that's not great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't you wish you could get the 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 cold ocean death experience? Well, this is as close as you can come in a safe environment. I know it just seems it's it seriously does seem like insanity. But yeah, I'm not sure if it's because basically the Olympic was built first and then as the Olympic in its first year was going around the people on the boat were like, oh, this could be different and better. This could be different and better. This could be different and better or whatever. Um, right. And they so they made the changes on the Titanic to make it better. And then when the Titanic sunk, they did those changes on the Olympic instead. Oh, okay. That would make more sense if it was part of an evolving design rather yeah. than you made it sound like it was some sort of marketing cash-in of like, well, no such thing as bad publicity. While no, it, it was like an evolving design, but it, I think it is weird that like they made it look more like the title. I think it's just a bit strange. Like I get it, but also like just come up with something else. Like, Yeah, get out of the boat business, <laughs> you know? I think your brand has been tarnished yeah, at that point. It's, it's, it's not going well for you. They, if, if that happened these days on Twitter, they would be cancelled. Yeah, they would. <laughs> and they, they, would, they would deserve to be called should out. Should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we'll talk about the sea trials real quick quick so the claim is that the olympics trials were in 2010 and they took t two days 
in 2010? Uh, 1910, sorry. <laughs> I, good. <laughs> First curses, then time travel. I know. <laughs> and that in- included, like, high-speed runs and stuff like that. But the Titanic's, like, sea trials only lasted half a day or so, and none of them were over half speed. And the claim is that that's because the Olympics patched up hull couldn't do high speed and, like, the Titanic was the damaged Olympic. So the sea trials were just kind of, like, for show. If nothing else, it is a show of great hubris. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, you know this boat that's going to go across the Atlantic Ocean tomorrow? Uh, let's take it easy. Yeah. So, the, so, like, the kind of reply, the debunking, is that the Olympic had already been tested, so they didn't need to test the Titanic as much because they were basically the same. But that seems like bullshit. Like, just test both of them. Like... Don't to be, be fair, lazy. this is this is this is nineteen ten. Think how like health and safety regulations thirty years ago were yeah. maybe a bit dodge, mm. and people were like operating heavy machinery with a pint actually in their hand. <laughs> um, you know, this is nineteen ten. They didn't even have television yet. That it was probably much more uh, rustic. Mm, maybe there's much also. More cavalier. The fact that J.P. Morgan cancelled his trip last minute. So Uh. he claimed he was ill, so he couldn't go on the trip. But then two days later, he was seen in France with his mistress. So I don't think he was (laughs) ill. (laughs) I think think he was ill and he had a case of mistress deficiency. (laughs) And he was like, oh... <clears throat> no, yeah, I'm I'm really ill. I can't go to America. Yeah, I should go to France where uh, <laughs> I have a doctor there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that seems more of an affair thing. Mm, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure. I just think he was a bit of a dickhead. But yeah, well, he did have more than three hundred pounds, so you would. Yeah, he falls under the dickhead category. <laughs> yeah, the bourgeoisie, he's got four <laughs> figures. Ooh. <laughs> Not even including pence. Um, also, we'll talk about the ships that were nearby. So there were six ships nearby, but they didn't respond very quickly. And also, they couldn't have carried all of the passengers. So if they were supposed to be rescue ships, they weren't very good rescue ships. But I don't know, maybe J.P. Morgan just genuinely doesn't give a fuck about the people on board. He just wants his money. Yeah, but there's like, there's horrific billionaire greed. And then there's, you know, I'm going to literally kill 2,000 people for an insurance job. I'd like to think even, you know, some of our worst billionaires aren't that bad. I don't know, they use sweatshops. Yeah, but I think I think there's a perceived moral difference between uh, having someone work in terrible conditions that gradually kill them and sending them to an actual death accident. Mm. I think you'd probably at least see it a bit different when you're signing off the budget on that one. I guess, but like, if you justify it in your head as being like, there's rescue boats nearby and there's lifeboats, are we fine? 
Well, not if it's a half dozen like small lifeboats and you're like, they're poor people, they're smaller, they'll fit. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just trying to justify it. And then the okay. final bit of evidence I have for you is my favourite bit of evidence because it's so stupid. So the evidence is <laughs> that when you go down to the wreckage of the Titanic... If you look at the propeller, it's got the number of the Titanic on it. So the dock number of the Titanic. Yeah. Which proves that it's the Olympic because the Olympic had the Titanic's propeller. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> <laughs> You know, earlier I said that the Olympic had the Titanic's propeller. Yeah. So yeah. it's like... Their proof is, look, it's the Titanic's propeller. It must be the Olympic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is one of those no correct answers situations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, if it had been the Olympic or just a different propeller, they would have been like, see? But even when it j literally says, hello, I am the propeller of the Titanic. I came from this dock. They're like, mm, seems fishy. Yeah. So that's all my evidence. So I guess we kind of try to decode all of that i feel like there's some stuff in there that makes me think mm, maybe i don't know what do you think i think there's elements of fishiness and that's not an ocean pun <laughs> um it's just i think when you've got uh, an elusive uh, rich person and the world's greatest disaster involved um it's it's going to be quite a murky and, you know, sort of... It's going to be of intrigue to people who yeah. do conspiracy stuff. Mm. As with any big tragedy, really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I, I, don't, I don't think there was an insurance thing. I think the biggest crime was probably um, not very rigorous boat safety tests. Yeah. And going to see his mistress in France. Yeah. It seems like those two smaller crimes kind of happened at the same time as a big accident but non-crime. Yeah. Is that... Do you think I'm being fair? I think so. I Like, I really, really want to believe JP Morgan did it, but I... I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you, he... You want to believe this was intentional? Yeah, just... <laughs> I just want to have a reason to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> It feeds my narrative. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th I think you're probably right. But so that we can bash him, let's get into some corner cutting that was done on a boat that might explain why things went wrong. So firstly, they were using, they used a mixture of iron and steel rivets and they were all used in the wrong places and it just it made it was bad. They basically didn't they cut corners by using a cheaper material to build the rivets and it wasn't as safe and then it caused the hole to crack when it hit the iceberg. So that's a kind of shitty thing. Yeah, that's pretty bad. They got rid of some of the lifeboats from the original plan to make room for more first class private rooms. Which oh my that is literally that is fire fire festival levels of accidental real life satire. I know, I know. This bit is the 
This next thing I'm going to tell you is what I want to end the episode on discussing this because, oh my God. So, you know, earlier I said that the captain didn't get all of the iceberg warnings. Yeah. Right at the beginning of the episode. So, see, I'm JK Rowling. Uh, I'm just... Yeah, uh, oh, mm, tasty breadcrumb. Mm-mm. I've eaten so many, it makes up a whole piece of bread now. <laughs> so the ice warnings were coming in over radio, but they weren't given to the captain. And this is because the radio was being used for rich passengers to send messages to land. So the person using the radio wasn't writing down messages about icebergs. He was taking money from the first-class passengers to send messages to land to their friends. Oh, my God. And the operator of the radio was told that paying customers were the first priority and not to reply to, like things like iceberg warnings <laughs> and <laughs> that went straight in the spam folder yeah exactly and in <laughs> fact this is insanity to me the final iceberg warning was received and the operator sent back shut up shut up i'm work it working cape race cape race being a nearby port that he was sending and receiving messages from for his first class passengers Jesus Christ. I'm glad that this didn't end up in the film, because if it had, I would have been like, this seems like a bit of a heavy-handed coincidence. Yeah. If you cut to <laughs> iceberg warnings and a man's like, no, I'm making money with, with the telephone. I You'd know. You'd be like, come on. Don't, that's a stupid plot point. I know. But, yeah. So he just didn't... He could. He told them about the first iceberg warning... And then after that, when they were getting loads and loads of them being like, good dudes, there's loads of ice ahead. He was just like, I've already told them. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a prime example of not my job. Yeah, I know. Just being like, I'm I'm the phone man. I don't deal with ice. Yeah. So it's just kind of like he was told to put the paying customers first. And it literally resulted in just horror. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. The Titanic film should have ended with Jar Rule um, in a canal, in a canoe, just like rowing between all of these dying people, just shouting, it's not fraud, it's false advertising, and then just sailing away into the distance. That's That feels now like the narratively most correct yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree. For the Titanic. So, yeah. Jeez. Um, I don't understand how that's not a more well-known fact. Because yeah, that's crazy. That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. Yeah. So we did end up being able to trash rich people while yeah. talking about the Titanic, which is uh. why I love this conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Was the Titanic an inside job? No, but you know what is Wall Street? <laughs> the real iceberg is capitalism. <laughs> truly, it truly is. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of Cat's Cabinet of Curiosities. If you enjoyed the episode and you're now just waiting for me to stop talking so that you can listen to Celine Dion, then subscribe and review the podcast wherever you're listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Cat's Cabinet underscore pod or Facebook at Cat's Cabinet. 
Thanks for listening.